This podcast is brought to you by the San Francisco Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. Um, I'm Maria Recovery, anorexic, lean, compulsive overeater. Hi, Maria. I, um, before I share, I want to thank something very special, the reason why I'm here. A year before I was born, which was 1960, which I'm dating myself, there was this wonderful woman named Mozanes. And I don't hear much about our meetings much, but she's the one who founded this wonderful program. God bless her. And I just want to thank her for making such a bold decision many years ago. And because of her, I'm standing here and I'm sharing my story. So she was the founder, and she's somebody that I honor and treasure in my heart today. Because of her, I'm here. Okay, um, and for people who are new, there's stories about Roseanne, that's her story. Um, it's in the old, overage anonymous, first one of written in 1980, before it came in about Roseanne's story. It's very powerful. Now my story. God. 30 years ago. Okay. Um, I came into OA in 1982, and actually, um, my first meeting was the LGBT meeting at uh, Church Street that's still there on Thursday night from 6.30 to 7.30. I remember this meeting was at Sacramento Venice, and we used to have 100 people show up a night, every every Monday night used to be. And um, I was uh, 21 when I first walked in the doors, I still think I'm the youngest old-timer, one of the youngest old-timers in San Francisco in a way. When I came in, people were in their 30s and their 40s, but I came in pretty young. Uh, now we have teens coming in, but back then there wasn't any teenagers showing up, and I did. Um, my name was Jackie. Um, I identified identify myself as bi. I still am. That hasn't changed. Just, I went from Jackie to Mary to Maria to Magdalena, but Maria, people know me as Maria. I've tons of different name changes. Um, I was probably 35 pounds heavier than I am now. Uh, and I would like to tell you that I came in, I got abstinent, I've been abstinent for 30 years. That hasn't been my story, I'm sorry to say. Um, I had several relapses. But uh, I'm in my longest abstinent period now, which is 15 and a half years. Um, my latest abstinence, I'm going to skip around, but be try consistent, but I might skip around. Uh, my last abstinence period is July 4th, 1996 till now. I have to tell you something about my story, which is very peculiar, probably some people. I actually did my worst binging, my worst anorexia, my worst bulimia, and my worst compulsive overeating in the rooms. And that's probably to a test because I came in so young and didn't know what was going on. At 50, I still know what's going on, but I think I have a better understanding now than when I was in my 20s. Um, I came in in 1982. The rooms were full a lot. Um, I was very nervous. I imagine I was. I thought I knew it the first meeting. Of course, I didn't. And I dress very differently than I do now. Uh, I think I was wearing a hat and I don't know, kind of look hooky, you know. I guess I was going through a... The, actually, well, the first year I came in, always also the first year I was, I was discovering my bisexuality. And, and two and sexual, I go hand in hand with me, so I was kind of going through the rebirth. Um, but um, I, I remember my mother told me at seven years old that I was always going to have a weight problem. As she took a sugar thing in my mouth, so um, I, have, I went through my historical background, and I, I, you know, there was diabetes in my family, there was compulsive eating in my family. I came from a very dysfunctional family, alcoholism, abuse, you name it, Adam and item. I didn't come from the most loving family on the planet, let's put it that way. Um, and um, as we hear more of my story, more of that will be revealed later. But I just knew I wanted to lose weight. I wasn't happy with myself. I used to be a middle night binger. Um, I starved during the middle of the night. 
One of the things I still have an issue with is still, and although I'm trying not to practice it, I still wake up and eat the rest of my abstinent food, but it's my plan. It's like I went binging and got other food. And it's still an issue for me. And as I change that, my weight drop, which is interesting, I'm trying to put some on, because I tend to be um, on the other side more than the other side. I tend to be kept careful my anorexia side more than my overeating side, but I've experienced all three. Um, so the 80s were like this. Um, I have to think. Um, I, went, I would have these relapse. I would go from like 110 to 160. And then I had a really bad one. That was in my first relapse was 1983 to 1984, six months. Um, and then 1984, 1987 was my next absent period. 87, 88, I had some issues. In 88, I had a bad relapse, probably the worst I had. I was absent from 89 to 96. Relapsed really bad in 96, 96 to now. So that's, I'm kind of giving you a history of my program. Um, but I also want to infiltrate the fact that I was also learning about it. I was working the steps. I had sponsors along the way. Um, I went through many life changes at that time. Um, but one thing I have to say um, for myself about the permanent really true is the only way I'm sitting here today is because of the steps. I had a, and I was raised Catholic, I had knocked that out, recovering Catholic. The only way I'm here today is because of the steps and because of you. Because otherwise, this would be a diet and calories club. Um, I was in the kitchen today, I live in an SRO and a license wins in the city, and this guy went away once, but he decided not to. We had his friend, he went to Weight Watchers, he's dying about 16 pounds, okay, fine, but he's always talking about food. Every, every word of his mouth is talking about food. That's not me today. I don't want to be like that. It doesn't work for me to be absent and talk about food all the time. That's not my life today. It's very different than it was. And um, I grew up in recovery. I tell my now boyfriend that. Um, I grew up here. This is how I learned to live. This is, this is where I learned how to get a perspective about life. And what's interesting about the program is based on reality. It's not like it's this airy, fairy, mystical, magical thing that, you know, then you come down is, is real. It's real every day for me. I am powerless over food. And my life is unmanageable. Even though I'm abstinent and for the grace of God, my disease is in remission, I'm still compulsory, I'm still nutty, and I'm still here. Um, the 80s were a hard time for me, as for most of us here. A lot of my friends died of AIDS, and mother were in the program, so we lost a lot of people in the 80s due to AIDS and HIV, and I miss them today. One in particular I think about, my first funeral was Tristano P. People remember him. And he died in 89. He was like this really sweet guy. He went to lots of OA meetings. He used to see him. He was really a nice person. He was one of the first people I got to know in OA. Um, you know, I went... The journey has not been what you can tell steady, but it's been consistent. Um, the year after I came into OA... A very famous entertainer died of recovering from anorexia nervosa, and then I realized I had it too. I was, it was told I was told I was going to went from a really high weight to a really low weight, and I went to see my family, and I know I went back and forth, back and forth, and um, you know this disease to me is really a mystery, even as I talk about it today. Now um, I used to wake up in the night and binge on my family's food. It was a pattern. Um, my father was a very abusive person, and, and like I said before, I'm trying, I'm trying, I don't need to scatter, I'm sorry, I'm trying to be consistent. So the 80s were like, I was learning the program, working the steps, had several relapses, got back on track, 
and started learning more about what this program was going to mean in my life. The 1990s was another story. I'd have to say that was a relationship decade. I got my first major relationship. Um, I also was doing some very serious work on the incest stuff I had to deal with that I kind of dealt with in the 80s. Um, at this point, my father died in 84, so he was gone. But, and so the 90s, I went on disability in 1995 because I became very sick. I worked from 1980 to 1985 in San Francisco. I came to San Francisco in 1980. I've been here ever since. Um, I went to Sibley in 1995, and that was a home life for me, too, because I realized I couldn't work. I, I was in a situation in 1993 where I was absent, but I was engaged to be married by somebody, and that didn't work out, so I lost my job, my home, and a fiancé in a month in 1993. I remember that. And then my whole life was turned around for two years. Then I found this place I live today. But I did it. I did it absently. No, it's funny. I didn't get through a crisis absently. But the year after all that crisis happened, I relapsed, mm-hmm. and um, it's very common. And the reason why I'm mentioning relapse is because it can happen. I don't want people to think that every one of this fellowship comes in magically is absent and their food plan is perfect for the rest of the thirty to be. <coughs> Sorry, it wasn't my journey. I've met people like that. Cool. But what I always keep on thinking about every day of my life about abstinence and what this is. This is about spiritual program and spiritual awakenings. I have feelings and emotions. I deal with that. But it's about those first three steps like a mantra I practice every day. Um, so the 90s, I was learning how to be in relationships the best I could. I also um, did graduate from school in 89 with an AA degree. That's as far as I went. Um... I no longer was Jackie. I went from Mary to Maria. I'm trying to think back all these years, man. It's been so long. I went through several apartments, so I had now. You know, I went from I, I must have lived in about three, or four housing situations, or maybe two or three, whatever, and I got stable. And um, and then um, the last decade has been interesting. I have to say, the last few years have been the most interesting in my life. But from 2000 to 2000, and I guess now. What can I say about my life then? Um, oh, actually, I need to go back to 1992. I almost forgot. I'm sorry. 1992, I was down to 87 pounds, and I was finally officially diagnosed with anorexia nervosa and full-blown Kenya by a treatment program that's no longer with us. It was an outpatient treatment program. And I went back about three or four times because I still dipped into that. But they taught me a lot. What I loved about it was that they talked about there was a 12-step base. When you go to some of these things today... That program saved my life, and um, it helped me get an understanding about eating healthy. So the food plan that I've been doing nowadays is somewhat similar to what I got there. I still do the same stuff. Um, it really helped, and unfortunately, it's no longer with us. So that was part of my history in the 90s. Um, the last decade, I have to say, was interesting in my own business. Like I survived 9-11 absent. Um, I survived other things, but I think the thing I'd like to talk about more than anything else is what's happened to me since 2010 and the transformations in my life and the many spiritual things I had. Um, In January 2010, I made a sound decision to leave my mother behind. Uh, She was very abusive, and I I had to do some really serious work around my family. And so I left them behind. And at the time, I was also legally married, but in a very unhappy marriage. And I was going back and forth between Tiburon and San Francisco for several years. I got married in um, 2006, 
The week before, I went to Region 2 in Oakland, and I met somebody there. She's now my sponsor, but I got her in the program, and she's a wonderful woman, and I, she lives in Merced. So I, um, I got married in recovery for the first time at age 44. Unfortunately, the marriage could not last because her last was an abusive alcoholic and was getting worse, and I miss San Francisco so much. I Tiburon was not my thing. So, um, but I stayed abstinent. Mean, I, I plan my meals. I um, take my foods everywhere I go. I was always when people couldn't eat. I've been in restaurants since 1995. They make food so bad I got sick. Just because I have so many health allergies. Um, but what I what I realized was that um, I was trying to be somebody I really couldn't be for this person, as much as I love him very much. And so um, I made a very difficult decision. Actually, it was funny. In May 2010, uh, he lost his job. It was his fault. He did something really bad. And I, at that, I was only seeing my husband maybe two nights a week at that point. That's how bad it was getting for me. And I was, um, I went to this other place for a meeting, and I was totally hysterical. I may have been asking, I was totally a nutcase. And there was this young man sitting there with a little type computer thing, and I was talking, and I was just sitting. I didn't know how young he was. I didn't always be 15 years younger than me, but he was very young. And um, I was talking to this girl here. I said, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I thought it was a civil rights issue. My husband was black. I don't know what's going on. So I sat next to this young man, and um, I talked to him. And I had a nice conversation with him. I'm very Italian, very, very affectionate. So I gave him a hug and a kiss, and I left him goodbye. And I went off to my evening. But that, that, that moment was a clarity. I actually had to sit down with a, with a guy and have a nice conversation, and it felt very grounding. I didn't know he didn't drink. I didn't know he was a Buddhist at the time. I didn't know he was 15 years younger than I was. But I did know something was very special about him. So we became friends. And, um, and I went on two more months with this situation. And then finally, I knew it was time to go. So while he was in the home one day, I had somebody from college to take my stuff, get it, and leave. He didn't know what hit him. I was not there. Um, I never saw him again. Uh, I haven't seen him since July of 2010. It was very painful. Um, he came to my house once. Thank God I wasn't there. And I went followed reconcilable differences, and one year later I was initially divorced. And I had to really rebuild my life again, all over again. And it was very difficult for me. But I knew I had to stay absent. I knew I had to recover. I couldn't do it non-absently. I'd be a mess. Mm-hmm. Two years later, the guy became my boyfriend. Um... I have a full life back in my life. It feels really great to be in San Francisco full time. I'm in school. I'm studying. It's hard. I have a teacher. I think she may be one of us. I don't know. But she's very strict. I'm trying to finish the certificate program. I do service here. I do service outside of here. Um, and my weight's been pretty much the same the last ten years, off and on, pound here, pound there. But um, but the steps have really held me together. And. What time do I have? Ten minutes? Oh, my God, okay. I want to talk about the steps. Um, I'm, I'm sorry I jumped around a little bit. Sometimes when you've been doing this for 30 years, it's hard, I, I always try to... I'm a lecturer. I try not to skip around too much, but it's maybe a little different. Um, I know in my heart that I'm powerless over food. My, my last relapse can tell you that in a heartbeat. I forgot how much weight I gained that time, but it was a lot. But it wasn't about the weight gain. It was about how I felt, the mental obsession, the disease itself. And I knew I had to come back. I knew that I had to do this. 
my therapist going to put me in a hospital that's not bad of God and I said okay you know what something's got to stop I'm killing myself with food again like I did many years ago so I got abstinent through the grace of God and worked a harder program worked the steps and every day of my life that's what I do it's like a mantra when I'm walking down the street I say the first three steps as I go about my day, I say the first three steps. I've done fourth steps, I've done fifth steps, I've done all the steps, one through twelve, many times. Um, I'm 50, I'm alive today. It's amazing I'm alive. Um, this is a very deadly disease. Um, and I don't hear too much in the media about this, per se, except a couple people, but um, this one in particular, this gentleman, wonderful R&B singer, his whole family was wiped out through diabetes. And I remember at Region 2, a uh, year after he died, I did a beautiful dance thing and thought about him and thought about, we actually tried to reach him somehow, that this disease kills. And every day I walk around knowing that. And every day I stay blessed I'm in remission. And the only way I stay in remission is by working this program. I'm not going to tell you this program is easy all the time. I'm not going to lie and say, oh, this is all hunky-dory and I'm happy stories and free every single day of my life. For a year and a half, I cried my eyes off, grieving, cried eyes out, grieving the loss of my, my husband in my life. And then when the divorce was finalized, my mother was diagnosed with lung cancer. She died in three weeks. So in July last year, I lost my husband to divorce with my mother to cancer. Um, I was never recognized in my family. I'm disowned by my family. Um, I couldn't deal with it until they disowned me, and that was fine. I never heard from them again. It's my feeling like a lost child. My family's here. You are my family. You keep me absent. You care about me. I can call you. I can text you. And you'll be there for me if you can. And I'll be there for you if I can. I sponsor people. I do service. I hang out with people that are good for me. Um, I'm still rebuilding my life again. But the one thing I have to tell you is that the, the, the gifts and the spiritual awakenings I've gotten here are amazing. And it didn't matter... So much where I was living, it's still the same place over the last 16 years. Didn't matter about, you know, I'm kind of a minimalist in a lot of ways. It doesn't really matter what I have on the outside, it's what's in here. And it really starts with here. Doesn't matter that I, and I don't have the, and I don't, I don't, I don't go to a three bedroom place in Tiburon. I don't have, I haven't driven in 30 years, by the way. I don't have a car. I live a very simple, minimalist life, and I'm happier that way. Because those things that I thought were so important, that I experienced for that few years of my life were hurting me emotionally, spiritually, inside. And that is really the truth of the story. That, you know, the big book is alcoholics now they talk about money, power, prestige. When I came here, we didn't have the OA 12 by 12. We had all AA stuff. We fired after Alcoholics Anonymous primarily until maybe 10, 15 years ago, we had our own thing. But that's what we did. And when I came here, we read the big book almost every meeting. Um, and um, I was really grateful that he did have start having relapse and recovery meetings because uh, and anorexic bulimic meetings came around. Uh, we have LGBT meetings. We have all kinds of meetings now. Because I believe that we should have different meetings to, ter- to uh, be certain needs. I am an inner group rep. I've been to inner group. Uh, I'm not saying I'm always happy with inner group. Um, I sometimes feel when I go there, I'm very uncomfortable, but I do service. Um, this is a way of life for me. And I actually feel that sometimes when I have seen nutritionists to try and get a food plan together, it's almost like they don't know what eating disorder is, and that's very sad. That's why I miss the other program that I do. But I've kept my absence pretty clean. Um, 
I have a lot of food allergies, so I have to be aware of that. But I also know that I walk around today and I thank God on my higher power I'm here. Because a lot of people that I came here with in the 82 are not here with me tonight. There might be, there are some old timers still lurking around. None of us are still around very much, we've moved or whatever. But I always found that San Francisco's my home. San Francisco's my home. And this is where I do my recovery. I go to a certain club in Castro, love there. I always put an OME there. I hang out there, hang out with my boyfriend in coffee shops. I hang out with people supporting me in my life. I went through a period of three to four years where I really wasn't supported in my life. Um, I was in an unsupported relationship. I was in an unsupported family. And they don't work for me. But this does. And um, 30 years I've been doing this work. Several relapses in between. I thank God this was, that was my last 1996. Um, I can tell you I've grown emotionally spiritually, but it takes work and it takes time. Um, there's no magical answers here. If you're new, welcome. You know, uh, it was what, what, what was really important to me is I call my food in every day and I weigh and measure my food too. I'm one of those people, and I'm not like this really. I don't. Have, I'm, I'm not a strict person in terms of. I'm not. I'm not strict in my abstinence. My abstinence is generous. But I do weigh my food. I don't know it's under eating. I don't know it's over eating. I remember when I first got here, there was a guy named Jim A. One of my dear friends had went back to Massachusetts, and he would say, his apostat is broken. My apostat is broken today. I don't know what, how much is. I don't have that inner clock that normal people have. Uh, I can binge on anything, you know. And um, I'm not the person I was any years ago. I'm 30 years older today. But the wisdom of this program has helped me live my life. I'm not saying that everything's perfect. Still got things to work on, you know. Um, and that's a lifelong process. But I am glad for OA because it's given me a lot of joy, too. I can look at your eyes, look at your faces, and say, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we're all here. And again, in ending this thing, I want to also thank Roseanne asks for the joy she gave, I think, me and other people. I uh, never heard her speak. Some people have. And um, because of from here. So I apologize for being a little scattered. You know, 30 years was hard to remember everything, like, consistently. But I'm really happy that I'm here today. And thank God and God bless you all. Thank you.